The situation in Turkey and Syria continues to remain grim after the earthquake that flattened thousands of buildings, leaving over 5,000 people dead. The rescue efforts are becoming more complex because of very cold weather. Meanwhile, India's first team of the National Disaster Response Force with several rescuers, including women rescuers, have landed in Adana and uh, are now deployed in the area where they've been sent. Um, so that's the situation on the ground. I'm joined by Heather Murdoch, correspondent uh, with the Voice of America in Istanbul. Heather, thanks very much for being with us. Uh, a quick question to you first. The numbers, what are we actually looking at at this stage? Uh, is it likely to go well beyond 5,000? Yes, health officials from the WHO have said that this number could increase up to perhaps as much as 24,000. Um, so the next day and a half are critical in terms of rescues. Uh, they say that the rescue efforts are really most critical for the first three days before people who are trapped start to die. Um, at this point, so many have already died, but 8,000 people today were, it was announced that 8,000 people have been pulled out of the rubble alive. Right. Um, and this goes along with tens of thousands of injuries. So there is still time for the rescuers you mentioned to save more people. And um, how has the international community been actively helping? We do know, for example, that a lot of uh, Indian rescuers are already on the ground, but it's, a, it's very much an international effort at this stage. Yes, there are rescuers coming from all over the world. And um, India is one of the first to arrive, and there are more on their way. Um, one of the unfortunate things, though, about the international efforts is that the most vulnerable parts of the earthquake zone, northwestern Syria, um, are it's almost inaccessible right now. The roads are hard to pass. The area is quite cut off and isolated already because it's still an active war zone. Um, so rescuers are on their way very and we're hoping that they can work very fast, but no one has been able to say what they're going to do to try to help the people in northwest Syria, and millions of those are refugees. Right, and that was my next question. Where are the refugees? Where are the people whose homes have been demolished, either in northern Syria or in parts of Turkey? Have camps been set up? Uh, what's that situation? Yes, some camps have been set up, not nearly enough, but some have been set up in Turkey where people are resting, people are staying in friends' or families' houses, but a lot of people don't really have any place to go right now. And as you said, it is quite cold and it is raining and snowing in many places. In Syria, the situation is more dire, where people are just crowding into whatever shelter they can, because a lot of their structures were also not sound before the earthquake, so the damage is, is quite complete in many places. And just for the benefit of our viewers, what is the extent or the geographical spread of, uh, uh, of the destruction in Turkey? It's quite vast. It looks, on a map, it will look like a third of the country. It is eastern and southern Turkey, um, not quite reaching to the capital, but across the region, and then all across northern and northwestern Syria. Um, there was some damage and shocks felt on the original earthquake as far as uh, Erbil in Iraq, Beirut in Lebanon, people were feeling it in Cairo in Egypt. Um, so it is. it was a quite a, a vast area that was hit. Absolutely horrific. Um, Heather, thank you very much for sharing the very latest details with us. Thank you very much indeed. I'm also joined by Munaza. She's an Indian student who was in the affected area before she managed to return to Istanbul. Munaza, could you tell us a little bit about what you saw around you in the affected area? 
So we were in Adana at that time when earthquake uh, happened and it was very hard for us to see uh, falling of uh, the buildings and uh, how people killed and it was very hard for us to run away from there. And right now uh, I'm in Istanbul and still it is also in danger. So it was very hard. No, but Munaza, was it difficult for you to get from Adana uh, to safety in Istanbul? Yeah, it was very hard. It was very hard for us to uh, run away from there and uh, how to um, uh, manage ourselves. And uh, because we were in shock at that time, it was sudden. And Munaza, uh, what were you doing in Adana? Do you study close by? Do you have friends or do you study in Istanbul where you are now? Uh, we went there for um, uh, traveling and I'm uh, studying in Istanbul right now, but we went there and uh, because of uh, the snow happened at that time and the storm, suddenly the storm happened and then uh, in the sudden way, uh, the earthquake ha happened. And Munaza, uh, when the earthquake happened, where were you and what did you feel? I was in Adana at that time. Uh, we went there at uh, 12 a.m. Uh, and earthquake happened at Were you in a building? Were you in a building? Where, where were you? No, we were on the ground, but we saw uh, how the buildings fall down at that time. And so you saw these buildings fall down around you? Yeah, yeah. And you were a small, and you we were a small were group of friends who were there, right? Yeah, yeah. We were in a group, so we um, ran away from there. And uh, could you just describe to us what, uh, you know, the buildings falling? Uh, was there immediate medical assistance? Were there ambulances over there or was there complete chaos? It was complete chaos at that time. And after uh, when earthquake was, because it was uh, so hardly shaking, uh, 7.8, I think, magnitude it was. And uh, then ambulance came and rescuers Right now, we are, uh, me and uh, include my friends and my universities are going to help the people who are now homeless and, um, and uh, the um, rescuers are going there. How are you going to do that, uh, help our fellow students or those affected? How do you intend to help along with fellow students? However we can, uh, by money, by clothes or by anything because the weather is uh, here is very bad right now. We can't even go out, but we are trying our best to help them and uh, however we can. Munaza, where in India are you from? I'm uh, from Delhi. And your parents uh, or, or your loved ones must, must have been so very Everyone worried about you. Yeah, uh, they are very worried about us. And, uh, but, when uh, the earthquake happened, were you able to get in touch with them, Munaza? No, at that time, it was, uh, you know, we were on not on our senses because uh, suddenly uh, the buildings were falling down and everything was shaking. And we know only thing that uh, we have to run away from there. And when we came to Istanbul, it was also in danger. Government sending us uh, messages to um, uh, to uh, un, um, uh to run away from the buildings, yeah. to not yeah. uh, on the uh, floor. Right. So, yeah. All right. Uh, well, Munaza, fortunately, you are safe right now. But it is truly a horrific situation in parts of Turkey and northern Syria as well. Fortunately, you are yeah. safe. 
I'm sure your yeah. loved ones are looking at this broadcast and would feel maybe a little yeah. bit more reassured. Thank you so much yeah. for speaking to us. Thank, Thank you. you so much indeed. I'm joined by the Director General of the NDRF, Mr. Atul Karwalsa. Thanks very much for being with us. Any detail that you can share with us at this stage on what our NDRF personnel have been doing in Turkey presently, sir? Uh, yes, thank you, Vishnu, for having me here. Uh, the first team landed before 11 o'clock today morning, and uh, they have been deployed in an area which is about three hours away from Adana Airport, where they had landed. So they are en route right now. And uh, it comprises of about 51, exactly 50, 51 rescuers. Uh, they're accompanied by a canine squad also. And in those 51 rescues, we have five Mahila rescuers, which is the first. So they are off to the site they have been designated for. And the second team is en route. It would land at about 8 o'clock tonight. And then they would be allotted a site as well for operations. And sir, could you give us an idea of the specific expertise this team goes uh, into this disaster zone with? Uh, they have, an, have a specialization in CSSR, as we call it, Collapse Structures Search and Rescue. They also have an expertise in rope rescue from high-rise buildings. So they primarily go prepared for an earthquake situ situation. And they have taken all the equipment that is required to accomplish that. We also could send some vehicles, which was again a first for us because the Indian Air Force deployed their C-17 airplanes, which could carry our vehicles as well. So we don't need to depend on transport for the on the local authorities and we can take care of ourselves on our own. So what is the area specifically that you are heading into? Could you describe what that's, what, uh, where the NDRF are going to be deployed? Is it broken buildings? Are you looking for people who may be trapped within rubble? What are some of the operations you foresee? Uh, it put mostly in collapsed structures. So buildings have collapsed uh, across a large swath of Turkey. And uh, if you see on the map, about 10 districts or provinces, as they call, are affected. So it's a widespread damage. So they have directed us to one of the worst affected areas, which would allow us to do the maximum contribution and saving human lives. There's a lot of technology which goes into these operations. I've, I've reported extensively on the NDRF. You deploy, for example, uh, ground-penetrating radars. You deploy drones whenever it is required. Uh, the process of digging through buildings is very careful it's, but, and yet very deliberate, and every second counts. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about how uh, the, the women and men under your command who are deployed over there would go about their business? So they have equipment which can detect a sound at a very, very low volume, like a heartbeat or somebody scratching or somebody uh, making any kind of a noise for help. We then triangulate with our equipment to get the exact location. The sniffer dogs, which they have carried, they have an expertise of detecting live human victims under the rubble. They help us find the exact location where we need to cut it. And then we have specialty tools which can cut through uh, thick concrete, uh, steel reinforced concrete, bolt cutters, etc. So we zero in on a location where there is a noise, where there is a possibility of a live victim, and then go deep inside to get that person out. And what about medical assistance? Uh, should you be able to get people out? Do you have doctors have, uh, with you? Yes, we have a doctor on board, and all our rescues are trained in medical first responder course. So they are uh, trained to provide the first aid as soon as we recover a victim. We also carry paramedics, 
So the initial care is adequately given by the NDRF team before the victim is shifted to a nearby hospital. And sir, how long can you sustain your operations over there? Uh, we have gone uh, with the self-sustaining capability of two weeks, which means we had carried our own tentage, our own rations, etc. as well. But I feel that that may not be required to that extent. Some accommodation might be possible. And we can carry on uh, for as long as required uh, because I'm sure that down the line, some local assistance would be possible as far as uh, food and boarding is concerned. So I don't really have any uh, uh, doubts that my boys can carry on work for as long as the, the Turkish government might require us. And needless to mention, sir, uh, the, 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 the crew, that you, the, the personnel of the NDRF over there will, will work 24 hours a day, through the day, through the night, for as long as they need to, right? The goal to save lives. Yes, the initial hours are more important for saving live victims. So the work requires to be done in a non-stop fashion for the first 72 hours or even longer. So the rescuers have trained for that. They have improved their fitness for that. Over the last one year, we have done exercises in low light or no light operations. So all that has been really worked upon uh, through the life of this force, which is 17 years old now. So I'm sure they'll do a good job and be able to contribute effectively. And sir, it's a combined India operation. The NDRF has a couple of teams. The Army has a big team as well. You won't be working in the same area. You'll be deployed. So India and our forces will be deployed across the disaster zone. Uh, that is likely. The local authorities take a call. They look at the capacity and the competence of the help that is pouring in, including materials and men like us, rescues like us. And then they would allot us to various areas depending on the severity and their need. So I'm sure that we would probably be spread across a wider swath than just at one place. And sir, communication is a problem, isn't it? Uh, as of now, we are in touch with the team. They are able to uh, send us text on WhatsApp and some pictures as well. We have carried satellite phones. We have also carried our satellite antennas and we'll coordinate with the VSNL to, to ensure that we can get some connectivity even when the satellite phone network, uh, in, even when the mobile phone network is down. So communication, we are okay. We will be in touch with the teams continuously. And so when did you first know that you had to be deployed? It was what, an order or a request that came in from the Turkish government through the External Affairs Ministry? How exactly did you first come to know, sir? And how soon before our teams were ready to move? So as soon as the uh, tragedy happened uh, early in the morning, zero uh, four one seven hours, uh, the Honorable Prime Minister pledged support. There was a meeting held yesterday morning by the Prime Minister's office where things were put together and instructions were given to prepare the teams. Uh, we had been preparing two uh, teams for international deployment over the past several months at Calcutta and Delhi. So it took us not too long to put them together and then some documentation was required to be done for past and visas and stuff like that. So uh, also the Indian Air Force prepared their planes. They had to obtain clearances for flying over certain countries. So uh, the teams were finally dispatched at just past 3 o'clock. The first team went at 3 o'clock today morning. So it was done uh, in quick time. And sir, you flew into uh, the disaster zone, right? Uh, this is the closest possible airport, right? Yes, because Ankara was too far away. And uh, local transportation uh, would have been an issue with traffic jams and availability of transport, which is why we carried our own. So they directed us to Adana, which is right on the edge of the affected areas and all areas which are affected are close by and accessible from there. 
So that's the airport we have landed at. And sir, once again, how many personnel uh, do you have deployed in total? Uh, total 101 rescuers, uh, four of our uh, canine partners. Uh, that makes it 101 plus four and uh, seven vehicles. Right. Yeah. And sir, do you foresee, uh, and my last question to you, do you foresee a, a potential additional deployment uh, depending on what the requirement may be? Are you ready for that, sir? Yes, that will depend on what they uh, request us for. Uh, we have more teams uh, being prepared for deploying them in addition to what has gone. We have sent two teams. We also have some material which we normally store for such occasions from sleeping bags to blankets to pumps to generator sets. So depending on what uh, the Turkish government requires, we should be able to help out to a large extent. And sir, uh, you know, the, the, the role of the NDRF, and I've seen this in other areas, is in as much as you are involved in the immediate rescue operations, when you come across people in distress, you immediately assist them with food, water, medicine, anything at all, right? That's part of the training. Yes, it is. It is we try and anticipate all that can be required in such a situation by a victim whom we recover and be able to provide help till the person reaches the hospital so that the life can be saved. All right. Well, let's hope that lives can be saved. I'm sure our, uh, our NDRF personnel will, uh, will do well and save lives. Time of essence. Thank you very much, sir, for sharing those details with us. Thanks very much indeed, sir.